So let's go back to praying out the will of God. Let's go back to praying out the will of God. This was good. I thought it was good. What you think? I thought praying out the will of God was good. Um, how many of y'all say you don't want to ever miss a move of God? Amen. I don't want to miss a move of God, no. What about y'all? No, I don't want to miss no moves, no. <laughs> I don't want to miss no moves. All right, let's go. Um, we were talking about um, the will of God. The will of God. Talking about the will of God. Uh, let's find that scripture. Where do where do we go? I can't find my notes. I want to camp out in one spot. Let's go to Matthew 26. Let's go to Matthew 26. And I want to I want to use Jesus as a model of what he does when he's praying out the will of God. Now I told you guys on Wednesday this is one of the most important I'm going to tell you, maybe, well, I, I can't categorize it. It's one of the most important prayers that you'll ever learn to pray. you got to know the will of God. The Bible says if we, well, let's keep your finger there. And let's go to First John. Remember, let's start off with that one. About praying out the will. Where's that scripture from? 514. Let's go. And this is the confidence. Right? There's another scripture that says, cast not away your confidence. Yeah. Where is that from? Hebrews 10.28. Cast not away your confidence. Right? So when you're praying and doing anything for God, do you have to be confident or what? Yes. Okay. Confidence is important in the kingdom. We used to come from, we came from church that say, you can't never know you saved. If you sin, you got to repent. If you don't repent, between the time you sin, you're going to go to hell. 
And so they always have people unsure about their salvation, that you can't be sure. It's a process. It's a lifelong process. We never know. Well, y'all, if Billy Graham is up preaching in front of millions, you think he got some confidence? He got to have confidence, right? And it is talking about salvation because let's go up to uh, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may what? Know that you have eternal life. Know, and we can say that you may know that you have. Stop. You got to know that you have something. And the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, it says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall what? God wants you to know that you have. Well, you never know what God will do. You know, God works in mysterious ways and, you know, uh, his ways are not our ways. No, that was like the Old Testament stuff. But now that you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. You got the fullness of the Godhead on the inside of you. You can pray out God's will in the spirit, pray out mysteries in the spirit through your prayer language. That's why you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you need to practice praying in the spirit constantly. Because there's a lot of decisions you got to make. You got to wade through the, 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 the baloney and the salami and the truth. Hello? Amen. Do I take the vaccine? Don't take the vaccine. Okay, now they moved from the vaccine. Now you got the pill. Do I take the pill two days a week? So I don't, don't I take the pill? Now they got some juice. Now they got some gummy bears that we can just take. But what do I do? Don't take none of it. Okay. Now they got some drops you put in your diffuser. And a, which one? Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? You got to know the will of God. And he wants you to know stuff. Everybody say, God wants me to know stuff. He don't want you guessing. But a lot of people feel like God wants to keep us guessing in spiritual stuff. But that's not true. Is that what the word says? Let's look at it again. He said, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may what? Know what you have. And in this case, know that you have eternal life. So can you know that you're saved? Yes, yes of course you can. Of course you can. And that's why the first question on SAT is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how sure are you? Because most people are, you know, a little flaky. Yeah? Part of the college with a chance of meatballs, most people. They don't, huh? huh? Do you have a job or you don't have a job? Oh, yeah, I know I have a job. <laughs> Do you have both your feet or you don't have both? Yeah, 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 I know. But when it comes to spiritual things, I, I don't know. But God wants us to know. Somebody say amen. amen. So listen to what he says. And this is the confidence that we have. Who's the we? The we that know that we're saved, right? This is the what? Confidence that we have. You need confidence when you're praying. You need confidence when you live in this life. You need confidence to know, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Now, some of y'all been there long enough. Y'all seen me get flaky and shaky with church. I'm like, man, God, is this what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> Even John said, is this Jesus or should we live for another? 
Because this stuff that can happen while you believing and moving, you get shaky. Be like, hey, God, now I'm doing what you told me to do, what I think you told me to do. I thought you told me to do this. Is this really what did it? Did you really tell me to marry him? Because I mean, golly, I thought you, I thought he was the right one, but <laughs> getting shaky. No, you need to go back to God so you'll know. When you start getting shaky on the vision, when you start getting shaky on your marriage, when you start getting shaky on whatever it is that you're doing, what God told you to do, your business, you go back to God because he wants you to be what? Sure. And we talked about, um, you know, uh, going on a fast and whatnot, right? Mm. These things have I written to you that you may know. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So what's the first thing we need to be praying? To know his will. Why do we study the word? To know his will. Right? Now, I'm going to tell you, 90, 95% of the stuff we're going to pray for is in the word. Now, we can know specifically what the will of God is. My mama asked me to co-sign for her car. Why should I do that? Lord, if it's your will. You don't have to pray that. Because that's in the Bible. Right? So, the, the more you know the word of God, and what is the answer to that, by the way? No. no. The Bible says don't do it in Proverbs. It literally says that. Did you know the Bible has something about co-signing in the Bible? Yeah, it's got everything, Nelly. He thought of everything. He thought of everything. <laughs> in the King James, it said, you pledge to be surety for a brother. That means you put your name on the debt. No. He said, go run, find him as fast as you can and beg him to let you out of that deal. Hello? So you know, the more the word of God you know, the less you got to pray about the will of God. Because most of the things that we're doing and dealing with in life, I mean, I say everything, everything, everything. Yeah. Wonder should I be smoking this weed? So I can get high. I wonder, should I go to LSD therapy? Did y'all know that was a, a real thing? You didn't know that? No, that's a that's for real. Yeah. So the people from the 60s are now in charge. Y'all know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're senior people in Congress, and the same people that were hippies and it was at, at Woodstock. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're saying um, psychedelic medications will help people that have uh, mental illness. <laughs> John Michael, shrooms. They're doing shroom therapy now with mushrooms. LSD. Yeah. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. That's what they're doing. I wonder, should I do that or not? Well, the Bible says stay away from sorcery. Which is the psychotropic use of drugs to alter states of consciousness. Come on, somebody. Which we get our word pharmacia from. Sorcery in the Bible, John Michael, when you look it up in the Greek, it's pharmacia. 
which we get our word pharmacy from, FDA. That's why we should trust them. No, the Bible tells us a lot of stuff. Now, if you're supposed to go to Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, start a church, that's not in the Bible. When am I supposed to go to Jackson, Mississippi, start a church? That's not in the Bible. All right? So in that case, I got to pray out the will of God, the specific will of God for my life, right? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, Behold, I know the plural, plural. He has plans for you, right? Where are you going to live? Who are you going to marry? Children you're going to raise? Who are you going to adopt? If you're going to be a foster parent? I mean, all of that. He has plans for you. He got a financial plan. He got a health plan. Do you know God started talking to me? He, he, he has what you can eat and what you shouldn't eat. There's a specific plan for you. It's true, because certain foods and stuff affect certain people certain way. What time of day you should eat, what time of day you shouldn't eat, when you burn calories better. God, God will tell you this. He started talking to me about that stuff. And I'm discovering, hey, look, if I don't eat after six, I'm going to spring up out of bed and not be all sluggish. That's what I'm figuring out. So I can do that. <laughs> right? You know, even the world has these, you know, learning your body type, the meso and the hecto and the, all of that, right? It will tell you how you're supposed to govern your body, right? Okay, so y'all, there are specific things to your life that are not in the Bible. 95% of it is in the Bible, but the specific will of God, do I marry John John or do I marry Jim Jim, all right? Like, God is not in there, though. He's giving you some wisdom, what kind, you know, don't be unequally yoked. But if John, John, Jim, Jim, both of them go to the same church, both of them got the Holy Ghost, both of them say, and both of them want you, hey, John, John, Jim, Jim, which one? You got to pray out the will of God. Right? Okay. So this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. So knowing his will is very important when we're praying. Yes? And then it says, if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we what? Have. That's the thing. He wants you to know that you have it. God wants you to know that you have it, right? That you have the petition that we have desired of him. Now let's go back to Matthew 26. Let's go back to Matthew 26. Is this good for anybody? Mm-hmm. Matthew 26. We got the heat on though? No, we had the air on. We got the heat on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's look at verse 1. And it came to pass when Jesus finished all these sins, he said unto the disciples, you know that after two days of the feast is the Passover and the Son of Man is to be 
be betrayed and crucified. Why are these people, why this was a surprise? Yo, do y'all see how many times Jesus kept telling these people what was getting ready to happen? And this is just a major surprise. You know. Like the, when the scripture says, uh, there's a point on the man wants to die, you know. Grandma was like 97, and she died. And nobody was ready. Everybody's surprised. <laughs> yeah, I think Mama Long died at 89, and I knew my family. I knew my family. So at 85, I started talking to them. I say, now, y'all, you know, now, nah, unless Jesus come back, no. Nah, my mom probably ain't going to live another 10 years. Her husband already passed. You know what somebody said? Tell me, Mom long going to live forever. Mom long going to be here to Jesus come back. I say, if Jesus come back within the next few years, <laughs> how many of us have experienced that? Like, people are totally devastated when somebody 98, 99, 89, 90 died. Like, why don't you get ready? Jesus told his disciples, and they were so devastated still. He told them. Did he tell them? They was all right there, and they still didn't believe what he was saying, just like that family member didn't believe what I was saying. And I was telling them that because the brothers and sisters wasn't together and this and that. I said, y'all, y'all got to get this stuff. I said, y'all, if, if mom alone died, and we, our family's in the shape it is, the family won't survive. I told him this four years before the funeral. One of them had nervous breakdown. One of them having panic attacks now. Family's all divided. Ain't, there's nothing else, nothing left. Because they didn't listen, right? So, y'all, you ought to prepare for stuff. You know, nobody won't, you know, my mama came well, I got some papers in my life insurance and I want to put you on the bank. Don't nobody want to hear that. I didn't want to hear that. But y'all, what the heck? I mean, if things go how they're supposed to, and Jesus Terry, my mama going to pass before I do. I need to know where the stuff at. I need to be able to get, well, that's some, some stuff after somebody died. And you ain't got nothing on nothing. Your name ain't on nothing trying to get the stuff taken care of. That's just a side note. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, black African Americans. <laughs> we got to get that stuff right. Don't have no wills, nothing. Get your stuff in straight. You know? We had a new life insurance policy. I had to come in and show my wife. She don't like talking about that. But... You know what I'm saying? It, it's going to be quite a payoff, too. So I told her, I said, now, don't get no ideas. <laughs> I want some money. <laughs> Try to knock me off. But see, her insurance is the same amount. And so I said, well, hey. <laughs> Let's play chicken. Let's see who's going to do it first. <laughs> I'll show sure get some money. I'm just joking. Y'all know I'm just joking. All right. So he said, son of man's going to be betrayed. Crucified. This is the umpteenth time he's told him this. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and blah, blah, blah. They consulted. 
All right, now, look at verse 7. So what I'm going to do right here is I'm going to extrapolate how to pray out the will of God from this passage, all right? All right, so let's start here. All right. Point number one from him telling them he's going to be crucified and stuff like that. Okay, point number one, this first point, pray out the will of God. Know the present reality of whatever you're facing and be honest about it. Now, I'm going to tell you, when God told us to move from Charlotte, we had built our dream house out there, what we thought was our dream house. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of dreams, <laughs> did we, <Jimmy? laughs> But it was nice. We built our dream house out there, and then he tells us to come back here. And I don't want to. I told God I'm not coming back. We had already said we never come back to Houston. Houston's dirty, stanky. We don't like the Houstonians. They don't like it. They are hurricanes. It's hot. It's humid. The mosquitoes. We was coming up. We had a list. The mosquitoes. The cockroaches. You didn't see. Did we see cockroaches in North Carolina? Nowhere. People left food out. Well, no roaches. No. Even in the poor parts, they didn't have no cockroaches. You go down to Piedmont Court, mama, you know, wasn't no cockroaches down there. No mosquitoes in the summer. Very few. You see lightning bugs. You know you don't see lightning bugs down here? I don't, I don't never see them. North Carolina, you see lightning bugs. You catch them and then you light up, light up the little thing. We're not moving back. <laughs> what do y'all think happened? Who won that fight? <laughs> but the reality of it was, we was in real estate. The housing market had crashed. They laid me off on my job. See, that was what was real, though. We was behind in our mortgage. I was borrowing money from my mom every other month. She was so pretty. Thank you. Mom, you were so sweet. You know, it wasn't like, Mom, can I get $25, $75 to pay that? Mama, I need uh, $1,500. <laughs> Mom, I need $1,200 more. So that was what was real. So when you praying, praying, praying out the will of God, know what's real. In 60 days, they're going to foreclose on my house. That's what was real. In the midst of me arguing with God about moving back to Houston, right? So he says, you know that after two days, now, what do you know? Get your notebook and write down what you know. He said, you know after two days, the feast of the Passover, he said, the son of man is betrayed and to be crucified. He said, you know this, because I've already told you this. So let's deal with reality. What time is it? That's where you start with the will of God. Okay, God, I'm 54, I'm single, and I really want a man. Let's be real. And stop with all that other stuff. I don't really need a man. I'm single and satisfied. Which one is it? And just be real with God now. When you're praying out his will. Hello? Okay. So that's the first step. Step number one. Step number two. Verse 7, 
there came a woman unto him having an alabaster box, a very precious ointment, poured out on his head uh, as he sat at meat. Disciples, um, they had indignation, saying, what was the purpose? What a waste. For this ointment may have been sold to the poor, right? So here it is, verse 12, uh, Matthew 26, verse 12, for in that she have poured his ointment on my body, uh, which is for my burial. He's still telling them, I'm, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I'm gonna die. All right. Um, but the ointment represents the anointing, right? Or the tools of prayer, right? So like we got the prayer pillars, right? You got the prayer pillar here? Yeah, go get me one. So we got prayer pillars. Y'all, I want you to understand the cult uses what this called familiar objects, right? Remember, the devil is not a creator. Is he a creator? No. He's an imitator. So whatever the devil used, he got it from the kingdom of God. Do you know why every witch has a wand? And Harry Potter has a wand? Where did the devil, because he's not a creator, where did he get that from? Moses. Moses, he, he held up his staff. There was no wands in witchcraft before Moses did that. Do you get this? Okay. So voodoo and hoodoo, they use objects, familiar objects, this and that, right? Because they say objects have power because demons infestate certain things or they pray things, right? Well, where did he get that from? He got that from the kingdom of God, right? So objects in the kingdom can carry the anointing. Pastor, you getting spooky. Find the scripture about the handkerchiefs in Paul, please. Right? Now, these clowns on TV sometimes, you know, call and get your holy water, give $100, we got the prayer cloth, all that there. You know, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe, right? We're not doing that. Hello? We're not doing that now. But y'all, there's some truth to it. Where did they get it from? Where is it? In Acts 19 and 12. Let's go to Acts 19 and 12. We're going back here. Is this good already? I'm running out of time. Acts 19 and 12. Now, this is when you're praying out the will of God. I don't know. Do I move to Mississippi? Do I move to California? Do I stay in Texas? What do I do? Do I marry Jim Jim or do I marry John John? What do I do? Okay? This is, this is where? So that from his body, talking about Paul, not Jesus. Paul, he's a man. Were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs from his body or aprons. And the disease departed from them and the evil spirits went out from them. The anointing is tangible. That's what we see here. This woman brings the anointing. Right? Anointing all. It's not voodoo or hoodoo. It's those physical tools that God is, has, has allowed for us to use for what we call the POC. What is that? The point of contact. At our counseling center, uh, and this is on the way to the, the reader, 
card reader, you swipe it. When it comes through, it's called the what? Point of sale. That was the point of contact. We swiped the card. And the sale went through. Point of sale. So there's a point of contact that God allows people with lesser faith. Because God will let you, um, he'll meet you at your point of your faith. Remember the man that came, said, I have a sick servant at home, this and that. Jesus assumed. He assumed wrong, though. He said, okay. He got up. He said, I'll go with you. Thinking that the man wanted him to come. He said, no, you ain't got to come. He said, just send your word. He said, man, I haven't seen. He marveled. <laughs> this was amazing to Jesus. Right? Remember, he was a man. He suspended his omniscience to know everything. So he could walk this out as a man. That's why when he went to the fig tree, he didn't know. He said, perhaps there'd be some figs that wasn't in Mark chapter 11. Then he got mad and cursed the fig tree. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? <laughs> right? So Jesus didn't know. He assumed the man wanted him to come, which was meeting him at his point of faith because most people wanted him to come, wanted him to lay hands, wanted him to touch, wanted him to do something. That's lesser faith. The greatest faith is what? Just to take his word and receive. Right? But everybody's not at that same level. I admit I'm not at that level all the time. I am sometimes, but not all the time. And so there are, there are tools of faith that God lets us use for the point of contact. Okay? One of them is oil, right? Anointing oil, which represents the Holy Spirit, the power, right? So it says over in James chapter... Uh, four or five, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. What should they do? Anointing them with will the oil save the sick? No, the prayer of faith will save the sick. But the oil is a point of contact. Y'all see that? Okay. First things first, know what you're dealing with. All right? Be real about where you are. Second thing, when, you, when you're spending this time in prayer, that I'm separating, right? I'm, I'm isolating, okay? It's always good because, you know, that's the time. I, I'm the shakiest. My faith has always been the shakiest when it was something that, that wasn't in the Word, right? You know, by a stripe I'm healed. If I get the flu, I know it's God's will for me to be healed, so I stand on that, right? COVID-19, we stand on the Word, stand on the Word. But moving to Charlotte, moving back to Houston, doing this, doing that, that's when you can get shaky, right? So you, you need a, a point of contact, right? Have you something, right? So this is a prayer pillar we're using, right? Dr. Rogers wants us to send something to them. They're going to use them too, all right? He wants 320 on his, though. So we'll put 320 on there. Um. You know, the anointing on, you know, when I'm going in, every time I'm going in to pray about this thing, I'm anointing my head with oil, right? The Psalms 23 say anoint your head with oil, <laughs> right? It's a point of contact. We're dealing with invisible things when we pray, right? There's an invisible God. We can't see him. Uh, invisible power. We can't feel it, right? And these are the things he's allowed. We can't use what he hasn't allowed. Right? So we know he's used cloth and handkerchiefs 
You know, we use pillows, you prayer, prayer, prayer shawls, prayer handkerchiefs, whatever, right? Because the anointing is tangible. Do you remember Elijah when he was dead? Um, they had digged a grave for him, and there was somebody wore he had died, and they fell in there with Elijah's bones, but the anointing was still in Elijah's bones. And that man came back alive. The anointing is transferable, right? And obviously it transfers in the cloth, yeah? How, how else do we know? Any other miracles with some fabric? Where? There you go. Mark chapter 5, the one with the issue of blood, right? For she said, if I may touch the hem. You know what the hem is? I got a hem on these pins right here. If I can touch the hem right here of his garment, I'll be made whole. She didn't touch him. She just touched something that was touching him, and it was anointed. <laughs> and she got healed by the power of the fabric that it touched the man of God. But that was only for Jesus. Well, obviously not, because this happened for Paul. Right? So what do we do? Me and Dr. Riley, we lay hands on the prayer pillars. Right? When you bring the oil, we lay hands on it and consecrate and pray over it for you. Right? Right. And we believe the power of God is releasing to it. And according to your faith. Hello? All right. So the next part is, what is your point of contact? All right? Have something. Have a prayer pill, a prayer cloth, some anointing oil, something. Your prayer journal. And, and learn to uh, sanctify things or consecrate things. So I'm not writing out my bills in my prayer journal, too. I'm not tearing out stuff, leaving little notes for my kids and my husband from my prayer journal. My prayer journal is just my prayer journal. Y'all got what I'm saying? Learn to consecrate stuff. And that's why the phone is not always great because what have you been looking at on your phone? Though? All that news, shows, all that stuff. That's, you know, that's why I just believe get you a Bible. Get you a prayer journal, right? We, we all use phones for different stuff. But y'all, at some point, some things ought to become sacred. And I'm not saying becoming overly religious or, or superstitious or whatever you want to call it. But I'm just saying, y'all, it helps your faith. Right? Well, I don't use this to put hot pots on and then go in here and then pray with it. Do y'all see what I'm saying? People do that, right? Hey, I just needed something. To, my baby. She used to do that. Baby, get you some towels and something. It's my prayer thing. <laughs> That's why she laughed. Thank God for deliverance. Everybody stretch your hands on her. <laughs> She's just trying to find something to. You know, with the pot to cool down on. 
You shouldn't have your prayer thing. If you had your thing put up, I wouldn't have used it, <laughs> which is true. So how consecrated is it that I left it up hanging around, right? It was touche on that. We have fun tonight, but I'll tell you. But the anointing will go into fabric, right? Okay. All right. So it's a point of contact, right? Then uh, let's go down. So then they went in. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good one. Look at verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples. Now, I'm telling y'all all the secrets. This is me, Dr. Rogers, Pastor Gould, Kenneth Copeland, all them guys. Okay, y'all, if you really serious about hearing from God, and we do, we, do we do this? Take you some home-made communion. Now, I'm going to tell you, that prayer closet we had in that old house that we lost in the flood, y'all, I had, I bought a whole thing, a communion thing you can buy from Amazon. I'm talking about with the real, the real, the, the, the things about that big round, like them Catholics use. They don't use the little bitty thing. You barely taste that. This would be the big wafers. When you're trying to discern the will of God, taking communion, and there were times, Gina tell you, I took communion more than once a day, two, three times a day in my prayer room. Because there were things, big things we was believing for, things that we wanted to happen, and all those things came to pass. When we was really trying to get our dream house that we are now on the lake. Y'all, in there, getting communion, getting direction. Yeah, when you real serious. Hello? All right, step number three. If it's serious, if it's heavy, if it's big, a big decision, why don't you take you some daily communion? Now, in the Baptist church, we came to church where, you know, only the deacons can get a communion and only the pastor can get a communion and this and that. Well, the Bible says we are a, um, a royal priesthood. There's a priesthood of all believers. Did you know that? That's what the Bible says. We're a holy nation, peculiar people, a royal priesthood. Not just the apostles or pastors or bishops. All right? Now, there is a thing when we come together as a church just for the order, you know, the pastor gives it and the deacons or whatever. But, y'all, you can have personal communion at your house. I, I do. Dr. Rogers does. Pastor Gould does. Kenneth Copeland, like all the great men of God. And when you're trying to really hear God for something or make a resolute decision on something, take communion. Step number one, be honest and true, right? Where we are. Number two, what do we say? Have a point of contact, right? Number three, what? Take communion. Take communion. Now, those of y'all been, you know, just came out of alcoholism. This ain't no excuse to go buy some wine and stuff. Just get you some Welch's or some Wilder grape juice <laughs> and take you some communion, okay? 
You know, Christians call drinking communion. I'm going to go have me some communion. We ain't talking about that. All right? <laughs> All right? Get you some, some grape juice and some saltines with no salt on it, something, and just take you some communion, right? Consecrate that to God, right? But then don't take that and use it for the breadcrumbs for your dressing, right? It's consecrated. <laughs> we have to. In my house, you know where it is. Well, do not eat is for daddy communion. We write that on there. <laughs> or he'll be juggling, juggling. My Welch's juice. <laughs> Bro, it ain't your, you can at least pour it in the glass. Oh, I ain't know. Ooh, I ain't know. <laughs> like father, like son. <laughs> Communion. It's just good for anybody. Amen. All right. After they took communion, hmm, look at verse 30. And when they had, what'd they do? What'd they do? They sung a hymn. They sung a hymn. They sung a hymn, right? So when I'm trying to discern the will of God, what should I be doing? Praising and worshiping. Praise and worship. That should be a part of your regimen. I'm worshiping God, right? I'm getting in the presence of God. I'm getting in the face of God because God inhabits the praises of his people, right? You should create a space of worship and praise, right? And, of course, you, that means you got to set aside times for this, yes? All right? And... Um, so Jesus tells them one, once again, you get ready to die, and this and that. And uh, Peter's talking all this. I'll never leave you. He's like, bro, <laughs> not only are you going to leave me, you're going to deny me. You're going to cuss every day. And, um, but then let's get into the prayer, actually, what are we doing? So these are all the things leading up to, Right? We real about where we are, got a point of contact, right? Um, we're taking communion, we're worshiping, right? That's the pre-work, right? But let's get into the prayer. Then he said unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. What's his soul? His mind, his will, and his emotion. Sorrow is not a sin, Right? You know, people, I don't know, there's some weird stuff at funerals, you know. Just happy. Just be happy. You know? Don't be, well, <laughs> the Bible said we sorrow when people die, but we don't sorrow as those with our hope. The Bible says mourn with those that are mourning. Like, just to totally deny the appropriate emotion at the, of the time. And I understand this ain't no funeral. It's a celebration. Well, but if it's my mama, it's, that's my grandma. It is. It's a funeral, though. That's what we we having. It's what we paid for. It's a funeral. <laughs> that's why they charge us so much money. <laughs> this is a funeral. <laughs> yeah. So Jesus was getting ready to die. He was sorrowful. 
Is that a sin? Obviously not, because he was without sin. His mind, his will, and emotion said his soul was very sorrowful, exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. He see, wait here and watch with me. All right. What number are we on now? Four? Number four. If it's serious, right, the will of God, enlist some other prayer warriors to pray with you, right? They might not be in the same space with you, you know, but I'm going to tell you now, you know, my best friend, Dr. Rogers, right? Because my best, best friend is my wife, right? Um, but Dr. Rogers has, uh, there have been times, hey, man, I'm going on a three-day fast because I need to this, this, and this. He said, man, I'll be you too. I'll, I'll go on the fast with you. Now, that's a friend, right? Give up their Popeye's chicken sandwich the day was getting ready to go by. And because you're having a problem, I'm going to fast with you. I'm going to be with you, right? So that prayer of intercession in uh, Matthew 18, 19, right? The prayer of intercession. No, agreement. Matthew 18, 19. Prayer of agreement. Prayer of agreement, right? So now I got other people enlisted with me. So this is Jesus. Jesus never asked his disciples for nothing. Every time they asked him to do something, he was on it. He asked them this one time, can y'all pray with me? <laughs> Look what happens. He said, can y'all watch with me? Terry here, wait here. Y'all watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. So 36, it says, then coming Jesus with them unto a place. That's what I was trying to get, called Gethsemane. All right, so you got your point of contact. Now you need your place of contact. That's when you're praying out the will of God. All right. So y'all see how we're going into how to make your own war room or prayer room, right? Press space. Okay. Number one, y'all. It needs to be a place where you are not going to be interrupted or a time when you're not going to be interrupted, right? Time, place, and space, I'm not going to be interrupted. Some of y'all got little kids, whatever. That's, that might be 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock, whatever, all right? But for that acute time, which how many days we said at max? Three. I mean, if you really get serious with God, you, you ain't got to go more than three days, right, if you're doing it right, okay? So get you in a space and a place where it's private. You're not going to be disturbed. Do phones dinging and bringing and vibrating, do that disturb people? Attention? All right, leave your phone out there. Turn your phone off. I'm taking notes on my phone. Get you a consecrated thing to do that with. Get your journal. You know, there is a thing called writing before texting came along. You can actually write. You have to tell it to kids all the time. And my mama and my wife, oh, they're so appalled that kids don't learn cursive anymore in school. And they don't. So how do you, how do you learn how to sign your signature? They don't. 
But there is a thing called writing. So go to, but, but y'all, turn your phone off. And if it's, you know, you're so important, everybody got to, you just got to tell them, hey, when I, I'm praying between this time and this time, my phone going to be off now. All right? So if it's an emergency, call 911. <laughs> Hello? But you got to have that time. The place of contact. Where are you contacting God? Right? So they went to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane. He said, sit here while I pray yonder. Right? And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Who were they? James and John. Peter, James, and John. That was his, those were his road dogs when he came down to something intense. And you got to have some people like that. Now, they weren't worth a quarter at this time, <laughs> as we see. We're going to see. But get you some people that's going to pray with you, right? All right. So he said, my soul is a sea sorrow. And he went a little further. He said, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup be passed from me, right? So if it, if it be possible, if it be possible, right? So we're praying the Lord's will out. If it be possible, if it be possible, yeah? Okay, now y'all, this is the only time we say if and we, you know, Lord, if it be your will, because other things in the Bible, we know his will, Yes? We don't have to say, if it be your will, cure my mama who's 35 of cancer. Is it the will of God? The Bible says it over and over and over, right? Lord, if it be thy will, get us out of debt so we can pay all our bills and this and that. Do we need to pray that? Do we need to pray if it's God's will to get us out of debt and, and to provide for us financially? No, it is his will because we've got scripture over and over. But this right here, when we're praying out the will of God, all right, so we've done, what, four, five steps now? What are they? Number one. What's number one? Be honest, Be honest about your present situation. To yourself, mostly, right, and to God, right? This, I am here. You ever go to the mall, the map? You are here. That's a bad confession. No, it's not. And so in that face of you, okay, are you you feeling good? Well, I'm I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I I, I know what you mean. I I know we we faith. But what's wrong? (laughs) Nothing's wrong. I'm I'm just thanking God for my healing. I can probably help you if you tell me what's going on, right? At some point, you got to be honest with somebody, right? What about Elijah? Remember the lady? She told everybody, all is well, all is well, all is well, all is well. When she got to the man of God, they could help her. My son is dead. (laughs) She was plain, right? You got to be honest. If If the son ain't dead, the prophet not coming. If you're already healed, ain't nobody praying. Somebody say amen. Amen. Right? Okay. So you got to be honest. 
Step, uh, step number two, what? Get, use the tools that are in bounds. We don't use Ouija boards, right? Because God didn't tell us we could do that. Right? We don't use lucky rabbit's feet. We don't have to use garlic. Come on, somebody. Anybody from Louisiana? Hello. All right. We use what's in the rules that he told us we could use, right? Anointing oil, prayer cloths, prayer pillows, fabric. Yeah? What else? Is there anything else he gave us to use? I think that's about it. Hands. You can lay hands. People can lay hands. All right. Number three, we print out the will of God. What else? Take personal communion. Y'all, people get serious over communion. Like most people, I ain't finna play with no communion, right? All right, then that's the seriousness of what you're dealing with. Right? And now I'm, I'm in covenant with God. God, whatever you reveal to me, Jim Jim is a little more cuter than John John. But if you say John John is the one I need to marry, I will marry John John. Right? I'm going in the covenant with God that whatever you're telling me, I'm going to do that. Right? Step number three. Step number four. Right? How about we're going to praise and worship God? Right? We're going to worship him while we're worshiping him, while we're praising him. To, bring, to come into the presence of God. Enter into his gates with. Enter into his courts with. I'm entering in. He entered into my space, right? Number five. Enlist of the prayer warriors. Well, go back. Number five is having a pointed place of contact, right? Develop a place. Y'all, I've been so desperate, brother, for the, for the presence of God. My wife would tell you, I put my prayer place in closets anywhere we could find a space. True? If, 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 you know, like War Room, she just cleared out a closet. Some of us have, you know, we're, we're prosperous enough to have another room that we can have in our house for that. We were watching the movie. Uh, one guy, was, they were out in, in some land. He had a stomp out by the lake that was his prayer place. Right? So Jesus was out in a garden. It was open where he went to pray. And I, I believe he went to the, to the garden to pray a lot. I think this was his custom. He didn't take him somewhere new. He just took him to his place where he was used to talking to and communing with the Father. Yeah? But have you a place, right? My wife has a certain place. She likes to go and pray. That's outside. Okay? But have you a place where you go and pray? You know, preferably in your house, in your home, 
It might be your back porch, you know, at sunrise, you know, and put some things around that space or carry some things around to that space when you go. And then number six is uh, if need be, enlist, and if possible. Because you don't, you don't always need other people. If, if it's possible, you got some people that can pray that are with you or on that same level, then enlist them to pray with you. Somebody say amen. amen. And then um, when you pray, when you pray, all right. <clears throat> and this is what me and my wife was talking about after Wednesday night. She was like, that was good. That's what people need. I said, you think people are going to really catch on to that? She said, they should. I said, what do you think is the hardest thing? She said, the hardest thing is getting to the place where my will doesn't matter. You got to get to the place where your will doesn't matter. And that's what Jesus got to. Y'all see this? His soul was exceedingly sorrow. Why? His mind is will and his emotion. He had a will. Y'all, I'll say this again. It's a shock to a lot of people. It wasn't Jesus' will to go to the cross and die like he died. Do y'all see that? He said, if it be possible, Lord. That's, he was praying out his will. Lord, if it's another way, right? They over there want to serve Buddha? Let Buddha do it. <laughs> if it's another way? That's why Oprah is wrong, isn't she? There are many paths, many ways to God. You say your way is Jesus. Jesus said, no, if it was another way, I wouldn't have died on the cross. <laughs> there is no other way. John chapter 14. I see some of y'all get stiff because I said, oh, that's what she said. Look it up. Oprah ain't God. Somebody say amen. She's a God of this world to some people. No, there are not many paths. John 14, 7 says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no. Well, man, that's kind of ambiguous. No man comes to the Father but by any wiggle room in that. So Jesus wasn't hop, skipping, and jumping to the cross now. He didn't want to go. As clear in this. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse 39, oh Father, if it be possible. And you can pray that. Father, if it be possible. I, I, I would like to marry Jim Jim. He's, he's cute. He, uh, you know, he's a doctor. You know, and, and, and I really want to marry Jim Jim. If, if it's possible, God. But Lord, if, you, if your will is John John. Nevertheless. Come on, somebody. Not as I will, but as thou will. Is that, do y'all see that? Some people that got messed up. Marrying Jim Jim when they should have married John John. Yep. Their whole life got messed up. 
Because what they thought was going to be <laughs> a Cinderella story turned into Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> and start hitting the lullaby music and then that last note go off. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. That's why you better go with what God say. Somebody say amen. Go ahead and marry Jim Jim now. Leave Jim Jim alone. And he comes to the disciples, the three he entrusted to pray with him. What was they doing? Sleep. He said, Peter, that's Jesus. He probably said it in a nice, calm voice to you, not to embarrass anybody. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? See, this is Jesus. <laughs> All right? So, y'all. Your press space. Okay. Yo. It's got to be a place of solitude. Even Superman had the place of solitude. What is this place called? Fortress of Solitude. There's got to be some place. Ain't nobody. And then tell you, teach your kids, hey, don't come knocking on this door. <laughs> Unless it's an emergency now. You see what I'm saying? Teach the people around you respect your stuff. Hello? Don't hang no coats up in here. There's my prep. I always thought it was a closet. No! You don't see my vision board up in here? Don't put your shoes in here. Y'all, I had to, I had to put a lock on my prep closet. Because people putting stuff in, hanging their coats. I said, don't y'all see? I had the anointing oil in there, everything, my Bibles, a chair. This is my this is where I pray. <laughs> Number one, no phone zone. No phone zone. Cut your phone off. Leave your phone out. Okay? Number number three. If you do have a device in there, like I just bought a little boom box, you know, and it, it loops whatever music, right? So I walk into the presence of God many times. Yeah? Walk when I walk in there, the worship music is playing. Yeah. Or knowing it preaching about faith or something is on. Uh if you can do that, um, you can buy your cork board, like one of those project boards that kids use, you know, for science projects, whatever, and put it up on the wall. And then um, you can print out pictures, whatever you believe in for. You can print out scriptures. You can write scriptures on index cards or pieces of paper, tape them to your board, right? That's a point of contact. You're praying for somebody, put that picture up on the board, right? and pray for them, right? You can create a nice space. You know, have lamps in there. Now, I, we have, in my room, I have a, I like to smell, you know, different, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Those 
those plug-in wax things or whatever. And uh, we have that in there, right? And uh, you can create a nice little space for yourself, right? But, and it needs to be somewhere that's not going to be violated. Other people not going to violate it. And then, you know, and if it's an outside space, pick your outside space. Know when you're not going to be a lot of traffic over there, people out there, you know, and go and pray. And then have a regimen of prayer or uh, a, a, just a space where when I need to go pray, um, I go in there. Okay? Is that good? Any other points on prayer spaces? Who has a prayer space? Okay. Good. What's in your prayer space? Pillow strolls, your Bibles, what else? Mm-hmm. And uh, journals, yeah. Journals and pens I have in there. Highlighters for my Bible. I have a Bible just for my prayer room. You know, don't come in and go out. Who else has one? What you got in your? Vision board. Pictures. Spirals. Amen. Who else said they had one? Go ahead. What you got? Pictures, scripture. I'm saying this so I can get on tape. Pictures, scriptures, journals, pillows, frankincense, incense, right? Devotionals, right? Whatever you're going to read for devotional, especially if you're going in there every day. Who else? Anybody else? Go ahead. Spiral notebook. Posted notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scriptures. All right. So, yeah. So, victory magazines, publication, scriptures. Mm-hmm. Dry erase board. Praise God. Anybody else? You got one too? Okay. Well, we're going to pray for them too. She gets concerned about the accidents on the road. Amen. Anybody else? All right. So good. Oh, go ahead. Hey. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't have a vision board up there, but I'm glad you said if I do have a book, I'm always writing. Well, that's, that's what happened when I was writing down those things. Praise God. to make me better for myself. Praise God. Praise God. And, that, and see, that's why we're doing it. Amen. Go ahead. That's why we're having this class, right? That's why we're having this class. Because, y'all, people be thinking, I, I got it, I know. And then you find out what other people do. You're like, oh. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be real honest. Now, y'all, you know, I've been a preacher a long time, pastor, uh, 
for a while. Yo, that movie War Room changed my life. That's, that's when I developed a prayer room. Yeah, and uh, the Kendrick Brothers, I mean, they did a great job on that. And, and, I, and I love uh, Christian movies that put something in the culture like that, you know? And I'm telling you, man, like, that prayer room stuff, it works. Everything we had on our, on our, on our vision board uh, were maybe one or two things, and it's, those things are coming to pass. Y'all have already happened. Have already happened. I mean, all the cars we said we wanted, that was on, remember? The house, I mean, the house we got almost looked like the house that we had on there. Yeah, I mean, it's almost the same. I think your vision board, it was the exact same. The exact same looking out with the face, the fascia on the townhome. She had that up on her vision board. And she moved into the exact, the exact replica of that. So, y'all, you know, this stuff works, you know. But as we were reading through that prayer list yesterday, I told Gina, I said, and I'm I'm such a fast mover, like my attention once I, you know, so we did that list in uh, on, on December 31st, January 1st. And then, you know, I pray for that stuff. I forget about that stuff. But the Lord let me find that list yesterday. And y'all see more than half of the stuff that we put down as a church? Most notably, the $100,000 for the building fund. <laughs> if you do what you say you're going to do by this Thursday, right? Real talk, I can push it over myself. That's, that's real. Whether y'all give or not, I can give and make it be 100000 by this Thursday. But I hope, you, I hope you keep your promise to God. Somebody say amen. amen. But y'all, and we sitting there under $50,000 in January? I think it was maybe 30 or something, between 30 and 40 something. Everything we prayed. But we said, it take time for some things to come to pass. But it didn't take that much time. That stuff has been happening like that, right? So, y'all, we got to be faithful. Just because something don't happen tomorrow, you know, I'm sure some of us was on there in January for praying for $100,000. Lord, send us an NFL player to make a $100,000 donation. That generally ain't how it happens. Now, I don't know how we got $100,000 in that. I got to talk to Tamisi. <laughs> I mean, but it was just that steady, constant giving, right? Everybody keeping their pledges and stuff like that, right? That's generally how God does stuff, all right? So it's going to come to pass, but a lot of times it'll come past little by little, but it don't take long for little by little. How long does it take for use in the flood with seven feet of water? It don't take that long now. It's not going to happen in 30 minutes, but if, that, if it just keep coming, that stuff's going to happen, Right? In a few minutes, people are going to be swimming and hitting the, uh, you know, when we floated down the street away from my house in Hurricane Harvey, that was, this was us, and this is the stop sign right here. 
He's hitting it going, going out. So, guys, I want to encourage you. Uh, I think this is probably our last prayer session. The fast is over when? Tuesday. But we can still be in it, right, because it's still September. But um, I've done everything that I wanted to do with this time, this month, this teaching, right? We got through everything that I wanted to get through, how to pray out the will of God, uh, the prayer petition, which is the prayer of faith, how to get your prayers answered, right? One-on-one, prayed. Uh, we talked about intercession. That was real good, right? Amen. Last Sunday, the revelation of intercession. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, so let's spend some time in prayer. Amen. And uh, as we get ready to transition to our next service. Father God, I just thank you right now for this time. 